I hear, how's your podcast going, little man? <laughs> I let's do it. That's some good stuff. <laughs> that being said. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Going Commando. Uh, I'm not sure how good you can hear me. I am uh, microphoneless. Um, but you know what? I'll let y'all do the intro today. The little uh, lines are moving, so that's right. That that means it's good stuff. It's right? good. It's good stuff. Either way, it's going to be picked up. So good. Um, and just so you know, I might have to run out to grab the charger. <laughs> so just so y'all know. Uh, but yeah, welcome back to Going Commando. Uh, my name is Tank Rodriguez. Joining me today, of course, are our co-hosts. Oh wait, is this Going Commando? Or we we'll start with, uh, <laughs> I guess we're yeah we're gonna go and go. You already said the I already, title, yeah so we're going, like, going we're command. not gonna change it on you now. We don't we don't take more than one episode at a time. <laughs> right. at all. We don't have multiple podcasts that overlap with each other. <laughs> well, technically, this would be the first time we've done that. So exactly. Yeah. So I was right. Yeah. So you were in Tom Phillips School. Yeah. No, we're good. Awesome. So anyway, my name is Tank Rodriguez. To the right of me is Dirty Dean. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, just just because of last last, last time, time last week's episode or the other day. Last episode, there. I earned the nickname. It's fine. It, it, it was all, it was honestly funny. It yeah, really was. Well, I mean, I mean I think it is, but yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good cock and ball joke? Right. That's right. right. The whole I may show. I may not have multiples today. I'm sure. <laughs> That's awesome. And then of course, That's right. well, I mean, if you're talking about balls, you gotta have multiples anyway. So exactly. Like, yeah. Across from me is the real dirty, the dirty dairy. <laughs> <laughs> finger gun, finger, finger, finger sniff, finger, finger sniff, finger fun, guns is finger fun. That's what it's, <laughs> hey kids, that sounds like a line from a Rob Zombie movie. That's right. I just feel like you ru- ruined chicken tendies for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how those are related, yeah. but finger foods, you know, like finger. you know. I love chicken tendies. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it's we're ruining lots of things for people today, folks. Uh, good. <laughs> how are y'all? Y'all doing all right today, though? Yeah. Awesome. That's great doing, to hear. We're doing good. We're here. Good deal. So, have y'all watched any movies from from like the few days of, from since Thursday? I, yes, I did. But it's so funny because literally, I think I texted you guys as soon as I got home from the last Going Commando. I turned my TV and Hulu is suggesting to me Legend of the Drunken Master. Oh yeah, which is, which is Drunk Master yes. Two, which is one of the greatest kung fu movies ever made. Yeah. Um. So I was like, oh. This is Kismet. Uh, so I watched that. Um, Kudos from going from cock to Kismet. Cockmit? Cockmit? That's right. Cosmic cock. Cosmic cock. Cosmic cock. I'm going to just put a cap in the cocks right now. So. Jesus. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring them back later. Cap cock it. Yeah. Well, okay, so Legend yeah, of so Dragon Master. Yeah, so I watched The Legend of Dragon Master, which we'll talk about yeah, uh, actually uh, in a bit. But... Um, so I watched that. Um, I watched the first two Insidious movie, and I could not pay attention. I was like on my phone. We get we can un- unwrap that in the in the horror, horror movie podcast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm so I don't even know where I'm at, but yeah. But so, <laughs> but as far as like action films, um, no, I watched a lot of. Uh, uh, yeah, well, let's not go there. Okay. Um, oh, wow. What did you... No, no, no. no, no. I think you have to, like... No, I was just watching a lot of... Uh, like, action and air quotes here. I was watching a lot of, like, Skin Ultraman and uh, uh, tokusatsu Japanese oh. stuff. So, just nerd just stuff. want to get back into Godzilla again. Yeah. That's what we don't yeah. want to do. Oh, nice Godzilla uh, shirt. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look at that. Of course he has a Godzilla shirt on. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I was watching a bunch of Ultraman and Go Green Man and Go God Man and Mirror Man and... Okay, okay. We get it. Yeah, You're watching. nerding out. Yeah, nerding out big time. <laughs> A lot, so, of, a lot of men. But yeah, a lot of men with 
Never mind. I would watch one. <laughs> so I won't say that. I uh, I watched a uh, in the vein of kung fu. Uh, I watched a Sunny Chiba movie. Oh fuck yes! Which one? <laughs> uh, it was like I think it was uh, I think it was just a Street Fighter one. Oh, for the first Street yeah, Fighter. Yeah, um, yeah, because I don't think it was a sequel. Not the one where he was on a boat. Um, We're on a boat. Yeah. That guy kills fucking everybody. Yeah, dude. Um, and then I watched, uh, just for fun and for background noise, but I like the movie, uh, Gamer. With, uh, oh, yeah. It was a stupid little fun movie. It was a stupid yeah. little movie about, like, uh, here's, a qu- I, here's one question I have, like, I cannot answer. Um, why is it every time there's a dystopian future, there's always somebody playing the Bloodhound Gang? <laughs> is there? I feel like I've watched like three movies where like where like bad touches like the uh like in somewhere in the dystopian future. This I was like, it's like it's like in Demolition Man where everything's Taco Bell. That's all, what I was all just the thinking. Is Bloodhound Gang, which is great because I've, I've been I've been binging the Bloodhound Gang lately. Some old school, uh, old fierce fear coaster. Binging Bloodhound Gang. Yeah, I haven't listened to them forever, but I forget how funny they are. They come on like, my shuffle every now and then. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, you know what? I I won't listen to this in a while. You know what? Nineties. It, it got me thinking of is uh, Shanae came by my uh, desk work the other day. And we we're talking about karaoke, and she was like, oh, Bad Touch is one of my go-to, and I'm like, yeah, okay, like I could see that. <laughs> I'm like, so there was like a couple. I'm like, yeah, you could probably could do a couple of their songs, like. Reasonably, yeah, but like none of them in a work setting. So, um, so I just got to listen to him, and then I, I watched this movie, and sure enough, but yeah, it was kind of it's kind of an interesting movie. Um, Michael C. Hall is so weird in that movie. Um, I don't uh, kids in the hall guy. No, no, no he's a uh, Dexter. Dexter. Oh, okay. it's, just like, it's he has the weirdest catchphrase in that movie. He's like rickety dickety do. All right, Andy Bernard. I'm like, what? It's like if Ned Flanders like. Own like Attack Monopoly. <laughs> hey, I saw a clip from. I mean, I was started watching Cobra again, mm-hmm. uh, just because we were talking about it. I As watched it that night. At that same night, I went home. Question. Yeah. He had a clear shot of him like eight times before he confronted him. Did he just do it just to talk to him? No, he didn't. That first time, he he uh, he uh, before he threw the beer can, like he he saw him and he started shooting and he was like, "Wait, which? Who are you talking about?" Uh, the beginning, the supermarket. Oh, the scene. beginning. He never had a clear shot. He was with the hostages. He could have just taken him on the head, and and then and then fine. Okay, if he was still with the hostages. Also, then we wouldn't get all that dope ass dialogue. I understand that. I'm just saying. Come on, man. <laughs> he had that. He had to like. <laughs> he had to like chew, uh, chewing uh, toothpicks or, or excuse me matches. He had to the dude to shoot the spinning Pepsi sign like. You're the disease. I'm the kill. That's fine. I don't shop here, anyways. And it was. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just saying, uh, just taking us off cover again. Um, <laughs> good. Thank you. No, 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 you're good. You're just, we need to. Do you guys know there's a, there's a uh, like Robocop documentary? No. Yeah, actually, yes, there is. There, it's a new one, yes. Yeah, I guess it's uh, got some like super graphic scenes in there, too. Uh, nice. From from what I heard. From that, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I watch a Robocop documentary. Fuck yeah, dude. There is a really good documentary on the that first special edition they did um with like this the uh it's like that metallic silver slipcase um uh but there's a really good making of documentary on there too that does go into like the editing and stuff but um it's a little dated because it was made in the 90s we talked about it before like how ultra violent uh robocop truly yeah (laughs) truly is deliciously so yes very good 
Um, but I've always wanted to see what like the uncut like footage looked like. Yeah. On there. Well, there, like I said, because there is the special edition, which does have a lot more gore. The director's cut, the Paul Verhoeven director's cut, but they still had edited stuff out of there too. And it's I think it's an extra eleven minutes, even out of the direct the Paul Verhoeven director's cut mm. that they never put in. Um, but dude, all I know is that uh, for the longest time they have that shirt. I don't know if you've seen it online. It's one of the greatest uses of uh, graphic T-shirts I've ever seen. But it just says, "Do you remember that time RoboCop shot that dude in the dick?" That's the whole T-shirt that <laughs> says. Do you remember that time that RoboCop shot that dude in the dick? And I wanted to buy that shirt for the longest time, but I'm like, I'm only usually ever at work, and I, that's not really a work appropriate uh, shirt. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with that. There are sometimes I'll see like shirts like that that I'm like, that would be so funny, but I would never be able to wear it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, one of my favorite shirts, um, uh, I got as a present, uh, and it's uh, just duct tape over and put face. What's up? <laughs> And just put face, just duct tape over the bottom. Well, it's gonna work. Just remember that time Robo shot, Robocop shot, shot that, that guy in the face. Or shot that guy in the and then the tape. Yeah, in the tape. And then you just use your imagination. It's arm. He was talking about arm. But yeah, one year I got from, for Christmas. I got a, the what are you looking at? Dick nose shirt from Teen Wolf. Oh, and I I love it, but I feel like. I, I mean, I can wear it on my weekends, but I can't, I can't wear that to work. Or appropriate stuff. That's a, you know, I mean, that's why I, a lot of, like, my death metal t-shirts, a lot of my, uh, like, a lot of my horror shirts, when I was much slimmer, um, I couldn't wear them to work because, like, I could wear them at, like, you know, other jobs I've had, at, like, but can't wear it here because, like, you know, Linda yeah. sees me in a <laughs> Motel Hell shirt and, ah. like, I don't explain that. Hey, uh, yeah, guess a really hardcore, like... Cannibal Corpse, like exactly. I T-shirts going, and I've worn a Cannibal Corpse shirt ah. to work on a Sunday because I didn't think anybody was going to be here. And then that was, I think, like uh, a CEO pops up. He's like, "Hey, well, it was like Kudich had to had a shift slide for some reason, so he came in, and I was just like moving my shirt, like my <laughs> flannel, a little close." <laughs> uh, that's that's too funny. Yeah, um, we were going to talk about dread today. You said that you wanted, yeah, because you, you had, thought, so we're going to circle back on it. You had you had said that you wanted to talk about, it, and I got excited because I I would love to talk about that movie. So, um, yeah, I think that here's my thought, totally unfounded, but watching that movie in Demolition Man, I think they take place in the same universe. Okay, here's my theory. All right, let's hear it. So, the outfit that is worn by the Judge's Central Command Unit, mm-hmm. the Hall, is that Hall of Justice? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, yes. 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 Um, those outfits are almost identical to the outfits they wear in the new future in Demolition Man. Hmm. My theory is that um, even though the Demolition Man takes place in like 19... 97 right? yeah exactly it's like yeah like not technically in the future anymore yes I love um that. however it was like a blazing war zone like in <clears throat> los angeles during that time like crime everywhere but obviously you had people like john spartan who were you know obviously just blowing shit up and nobody cared um i'm wondering if that like is also the same time of the judges I mean, he's kind of like a demolition man, kind of in a sense. Like, he's just not the judge jury. So, like, wonder if at, when John Spartan went in and got frozen, after that came, like, the reign of the judges and then the big earthquake and then everything reset. But they still kept the uniform. Oh, maybe. So, okay. I was just thinking to myself, like, those uniforms might be look fun. awfully familiar uh, because they, they really do look identical um, in the, the dispatch. So, I was like, I could probably make, like, a, a strong leap. 
That's a, that, it's, that, a, it's a leap, that, but it's, that, it's a fun are, leap. Those are connected because you don't know because it, at the time of Demolition Man, right? The, the world was a cesspool, and then that's where like Mega City won. Now, yeah. obviously, you don't ever like in the Dread Comics or whatever, or Dread period, like don't ever see the, the world get better. So, yeah. Um, but no, no, not because it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get well, that's what I, I actually really liked about the the Dread film is that they really worked within their budget to do what they could because in the comics, Mega City One was like they couldn't, they didn't even come close to doing it in the Stallone Judge Dread movie because it's like just buildings on top of buildings and it's like just you know it's uh, I think there's more it's like. 62 billion people in Mega City One, like, yeah. so just like people like, living on top of each yeah, other. Because in the movie, they uh, they go to that one, that one like Petrie City block, yeah, it's like 17,000, and just like that one, one little like, thing, yeah. But they did a really good job. I like, you know, um, like they did a much more ground realistic version of Judge Dredd, but it still worked, it worked really well. Like, uh, I like, you know, in the uh, comic, the Judge Dredd cycle is like. Out, crazy outlandish. This one was a little bit more ground, a little more realistic, and I and I kind of actually like that. And I, uh, you know, one thing I love about the Dread movie, which I honestly didn't expect, was that they never take Dread's helmet off, which is so important in the comic. Yeah. You never see his face, but you know, in movies, you're like, oh, eventually they're going to show his face. Then he's going to take his helmet off, and he's he never does. Over. That doesn't take it off. He puts it on the beginning, and he never, never takes it off. Which is exactly what it would. And yeah. I mean, Carl Urban as Dread was, yeah, perfection. That's why I was like, really, he was really hoping they were going to do a sequel. I hope so. I mean, but they're doing a TV show. No, they they they've been yeah. Man, every yeah. time every time I get excited about something, hey, they're going to do a new RoboCop movie in the shitter. Yeah. Every time they get to do a new Mega City One. And the thing is, like, that's not like oh, so, like that would have been a great. Life. I, I would kill to see any continuation of that dread. Yeah. Um, you know, like I'll take a TV show, I'll take a sequel, I'll take whatever. Just give me, I'll take an animated series. Just I want more of that dread. But um, you know what? Uh, always uh, before I ask someone else, like you know, I was wondering like why they never did a comic where Dread becomes Ghost Rider. Well, because they only time Dread has has met other comic universes, but it's always been DC. Because I think of some editorial thing between. Oh, that's right. Ghost Rider is Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Yeah. That would have been cool, though. Yeah. That would have been a, <laughs> a great. Couple motorcycle badasses. Well, he's a metal motorcycle badass, and he's he's all about dishing out the justice. Yeah. So, as his Ghost Rider. Yeah. This guy's pen and stare. He got yeah. a perfect song for it too. That's right. Ghost Rider, <laughs> motorcycle hero. <laughs> That was kind of more of a Danzig at the end. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay, though. We'll take it. Like, that is, that, that is it. Yeah, good job. Like, speaking right. of Carl Urban, uh, did you watch The Boys? I did. What did yeah. you think? What were you thoughts? So I was a big fan of the comic. Me too. Um, Gar- I think it was probably the best thing Garth Ennis has done. Um, I probably It's probably the best thing he's done in the last like five years. Um, but yeah, I really liked it, and I liked how they strayed away from the comic, but they still kept to the roots of the comic. Yeah. And the guy who plays, um, um, not the statesman, uh, the uh, the like Superman figure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he is the most. He, I hate the. I mean, there's so all of the good comic He's names have been used, prick. but um, but the actor who plays him is perfect. Uh, so creepy, so intense. 
Um, the whole cast yeah, is really good. That, uh, got that like whole like area Homelander. Homelander, thank you. Yeah, that Ar- Aryan vibe yeah. of like superior superiority. The thing is, like Garth Ennis hates superheroes. Yeah. He's always hated superheroes. <laughs> so every time he's taken on superheroes, they've always been sort of uh, like a commentary on like a like a have a negative view. But I think it really works in the boys best, um, especially because you see like there is moral black and white like. Even even the non superhero characters are incredibly flawed and like, um, yeah, I really like it though. Yeah, I like the fact too that they they made uh, Huey's dad Simon Pegg yeah, who was the basis for Huey, Huey in the comics, the comic, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, the the only one that really <laughs> bothered me in the show for for probably not for the acting because I, I thought it was really well done was the deep. Um, just because I just want to know how many sea creatures he fucked. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> like, he seems to have very romantic relationships with dolphins. Like, um, hey man, look. What, hey, look. I'm not. I'm not judging. The guy lives in the ocean. Okay, like, and he can actually you, talk to them too. You, so you, maybe it's they, not like your drunk Irish uncle goes out to the fields and fucks the sheep. Yeah. Like where the sheep have no say in it. Right. Just uh, you know, he hey, might actually get consent. Hey, one, one, <laughs> one consensual Maury eel can make for a great evening. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, but. That's I just you know I was thinking to myself like he just he's he's constantly just uh you know he's trying to get something on land and if he doesn't get any land he just jumps into the ocean and be like who's up who's up for some uh, some strange what is it what are they saying uh, in Rick and Morty mermaid puss <laughs> that's, that's right that's right can you uh, imagine how bad that would smell sorry <laughs> that, dude uh, that guy imagine how bad that guy smells though he's got gills. Oh. And he got gill fucked. He got that, gill raped that in was, that movie. Though. That was the most insane sequence, I think, in television history. Yeah. When that chicken's like four... Ugh, dude. I like that, though. It was great. I thought it was amazing. Because he was a dick. Yeah, and again, it's like, it's a weird... Dude, it's... I don't know, I thought it was really smart. But yeah, yeah I was a big fan yeah. of the show. I have not seen the... I really keep saying how the, the, they have the sequel, the trailer for the second. Yeah. And I haven't been watching it because I kind of want to watch it closer to the series because I want right. to be... but. Well, it should be coming out. Second season should be like coming out pretty soon. I think. Like, is it? They, I think they were. They, they just already, ended the first season. I think they immediately started filming after the. Uh, yeah. Like I think they they already got green light for the second season. Well, the thing the is, like Amazon launched. originals. Um, I really like the tick too. Just oh, I love the tick. Yeah. Even though he had three costumes and. Yeah, the trailer's already out for season two. That's what I said. Yeah. Everybody saying how good the season the trailer oh, was. Gosh, but, yeah. uh, it's good. But um, but yeah, I love the tick. I thought. Uh, it's as close to the close to the cartoon I remember watching. Kind of love the cartoon comic, and I love the guy who plays him. Who yeah. was the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. yeah. Um, Which I, when I cast him, I'm like, oh, okay, he's got a good voice, but he's just he. And I okay, all right, let's go down this quick little. No, so just jump into it. I fucking love the Ben England comic. It was my favorite thing for years. Yeah. Um, I actually think, and Ben England's gone on to write for like Supernatural and. He left comics behind and had a pretty successful career in television. Um, but I, I thought he was a great artist. Um, I love, But I just love The Tick. So when The Tick went to the cartoon, I hated it. Really? Because they left out so much of what I loved about the comic. Because the comic was actually pretty... Just like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the comic was also a satire of like uh, Daredevil and comics that were kind of gritty and popular at the time. But they left a little bit of that out and like they created all these new characters and which I came to find out it's all because of like Fox wanted characters they owned in it so that they could to market toys. You know, yeah, exactly. So it makes sense. But like American Maid and uh, Deflator Mouse and all these characters who weren't in the comic, I was like, who are these stupid characters? But then uh, 
that was me at like 14. As an adult, I kind of went back and I was like, okay, I, this show is great. That's right. They have you're, Chairface Chippendale. Yeah, and, you uh, can't fight crime with a macaroni <laughs> duck. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> but um, the Patrick Warburton uh, live action show was fantastic. It was I so really underappreciated. I love yeah. that, that show and I was so disappointed that it was not better received. Yeah. But I will give... I will give Amazon full credit that they did a great job yep. adapting the take yep. into a show. And they, I like, again, like, I, there was like, because again, Fox owned all of those characters. They had to create new characters for the another live action series. So, you know, because, like, the first thing you couldn't do to your Flare Mouse, well, we'll have Batman well. You can't have this, so you'll do this. Then this, then the Amazon came out, like, well, we, not, we can't use any of those characters. Right. We can only use Tick and Arthur and the Terror and the characters from the comic. Yeah. But so they created their own characters, and I really like those characters. Yeah, me too. Um, I was really sad it didn't didn't get picked up, but it is what it is. But it didn't get picked up for another season? No, it's done. It wasn't well received. Oh. No. It but I think... I th- well, I think, I think Second the pro- disappointment in this show today. <laughs> I, I just bring disappointment. I, I think the problem was the fact that Amazon wasn't known for the shows at the time. Yeah. It really it was just barely up and coming. Yeah. And then they hadn't had really had a lot of bangers out. Well, I guess I'm grateful for three seasons of the show. Um, then no. No seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said, it, it, it does feel like if you finish watching it, there is a little bit of... Where it does feel like they did wrap up the story to some degree, so at least it's not like ending on like a super huge cliffhanger. But, uh, but yeah, sad. Yeah, it is. Well, just meanwhile though, the marvelous Miss Maisel is probably the best thing uh, on all of TV streaming services right now. So Amazon at least has that. I have not watched it. I heard great things about that show. I've heard great things too. The season is, I think, been the best. But our listeners are not talking. Hearing, listening to this to hear us talk about Ms. Mar- Mar- Ms. Why not? Uh, it's going commando. Well, right. but I'm saying, right now they want to hear us talk about a kung fu. A kung fu. A kung fu. That's right. I don't be racist, bro. How was that racist? That's right. This guy's over here doing racist voices. I don't know. It's not cool. It's 2020. I'm over here trying to talk about cacks. This dude's racist over here. How dare you? I'm Asian. Actually, listeners, I'm not. Like, I'm as far as far removed as be Asian as humanly possible. Um, I am very much... Broken. You're so white that I, I made Tanner forget I, I, I wasn't white. That's right. I, I know. I, I, I literally put the cock in Caucasian. <laughs> ah! Okay. I would, I would, I would brag about that. I'm no, just, hey. Just I put the cock in all the Caucasians. <laughs> this is going... I mean, Caucasian has Asian in it. So I sure. feel like... Um, anyway, yeah, I did the Ancestry.com though. It's absolutely a certainty that I'm from... From the uh, the European area with a slight bit of Icelandic in there. So oh, nice. I think that's where the beard comes from. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. That so explains the, the facial hair. Two percent of the my DNA makes up my beard, and the rest of me is just mm. like, European. There you go. Gotcha. Have um, you done? Uh, anyway, that doesn't no, even not related. White people are stupid. I was just trying to prove. It. Jesus Christ! I'm just saying, like it's white. It's Italian, it's French, English. I'm just trying to actually prove my my dad's my dad's story. Told me like when I was a kid about um. So, so terrible but when I was a kid he, he would always tell me he had like a great uncle that like moved to like Tanzania and um, like was like an archaeologist down there and like lived down there and had a family there um, in Tanzania and so I always thought that I was I was partly African American I took the DNA test to prove it and I was sadly mistaken wah, wah, wah. Like, that was me I was like no whammy no whammy no whammy whammy Damn. I got whammy um, so that's okay though. Question. Yes. Kung Fu. 
what is considered a kung fu movie to y'all? So I have very specific. I, mean, I know you do. Of course I do. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase the question. Derek. <laughs> and let me also say there's a difference between kung fu movies and martial arts movies. Martial arts movies are a little more all-encompassing, but kung fu movies are specifically Chinese-made, Chinese-produced Hong Kong films usually, although that's changed in the last 10 Rumble years. in the Bronx. That's a, I mean, it was a Canadian co-production, but it's a, it was produced by Chinese producers starring the biggest. Second biggest. Yeah. No, no. The biggest. Backed by the triads. Jackie Chan internationally has sold more movie tickets than any other person alive or ever. Right. Yeah. And I hate to, I hate to pull, to bring the stable of studs in here, but it's kind of like saying like, like. If, if it wasn't for Hogan, you know, there yeah. would be no Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. There's no Bruce Lee. There's no Jackie but, Chan. But I disagree with that because Bruce Lee didn't create the... There's Kung Fu stars well before Bruce Lee. Um, was Bruce Lee the most internationally important? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, and you know, you can make ties. They worked with each Without other. Without the crossover. Yeah, he was yeah. just... Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but Jackie Chan became famous because that's he what, wasn't Bruce Lee. Yeah. Which is, I mean, which you can tie that into. It was literally because he said like... I'm going to do everything the opposite of Bruce Lee. Yeah. He's cool. He's confident. I'm a. I'm. I'm clumsy. I'm kind of a, an oaf. Like, so. Um, so let me ask you a question. Me, not it, because, for me, I really don't know enough. I think I don't know enough about the genre to be able to to honestly like be able to say like, kung fu versus martial arts. So, that being said, would you say like the Steven Seagal's, um, you know, the Van Dams. Like those are martial arts. Those movies. are martial arts movies, right? Um, but you're like Jackie Chan, you're Jivas, you're stuff like that. That's those are kung fu movies. Well, I don't always know where people come from. It depends like, on the movies. movies. Okay, so, so first off, uh, okay, okay. A little history lesson. Okay. Um, oh hell. Take, 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 me back to, take me back to school. Sensei. School of sensei. Sensei James, what about the Karate Kid? That's all I'm saying. So I mean, the thing is, like, you know, um, it's kung fu adjacent. The uh, <laughs> Jesus you did this to yourself. I know I did. No, 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 no educate me because I really don't know, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about it because I, I love, I love martial arts and kung fu movies. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know. Like, I just pop them in and watch them, and like, if somebody's getting roundhouse in the face, and like getting their heart ripped out, like, I'm down. Yeah. I'll, yeah. All so, the time. So there's all. I mean, the thing is, like, Chinese China once. British, the once the English occupied Hong Kong, that opened up a whole avenue to international distributions for the film. Hong Kong became the most metropolitan city in uh, China, and then it had a, a small influx of, of wealth, so that you had the Chinese film industry sort of really started to be able to get going. Um, one of their biggest exports um, was never intended to actually be an export. The Chinese film industry was just like anything. It was like we want to make movies that speak to us. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, we get the influx of American films. We love those, but we want to see ourselves represented. Right. The ones that everybody loved because they were empowering, especially post-World War II, where the Chinese people had been uh, basically uh, treated like uh, shit by the Japanese. They wanted to self-identify as strong. You know, so they, they took the martial art film to be like, the Chinese are proud, strong people. But they didn't really, like, when they did it, there was an audience across the world for it, and then you had, and I'm blanking on the name, the, uh, I want to say Choi Hark, but that's a, uh, Shaw Brothers, the Shaw Brothers Film Company, they 
started making all these movies. They started having amazing success, not just in Asia, but overseas. So that really had the explosion of the Hong Kong film industry. And you had things like um, the Wu-Tang series of films. Uh, you had Five Deadly Venoms. You had Master of the Flying Guillotine. All these films sort of become international hits, which just kept feeding their film production. And they were just producing films at a rate unseen across any... There's been nothing like it in the world. They were filming... There was just constant filming in Hong Kong at that point. They were just turning out movies. Um, and then you had, eventually, after that, you had Bruce Lee come over after he was disgusted with Hollywood. He made some Hong Kong films. He became, like, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger at that point where he could sell a movie anywhere in the world. Like, mm -hmm. they put Bruce Lee's name on it. It was going to be popular. But after Bruce Lee died in the 70s, sort of started to... Um, Wayne, um, they, they just that had like the chop sockies as they called them over here, which is super racist, but that's what they were called chop sockie films. Um, once the grindhouse uh, market in the United States started to fall away, and and the the drive-ins started to go away, like there wasn't as big of an audience for it. So Hong Kong films started to become more insular again. So as America, they wanted to do their own version. America and some places in Europe. That's when you had your Jean-Claude Van Dams and your Steven Seagal's and your westernized martial artists who were basically aping what China was doing, but doing it with an American sensibility. Right. But then you had the second golden age of Hong Kong cinema when you had the Sammo Hongs, the, the three brothers they're called. So you had Sammo Hong, uh, Jackie Chan, and then even though he's not nearly as well known in the United States, I think the best of all three, Yun Biao, who they started making their own films again, centered... They were no longer, again, trying to appeal to Western audiences. They were just trying to, like, make, like, kind of reinvigorate the, the Hong Kong film cinema. So, you know, we had the Jackie Chan, or we had the, uh, excuse me, the Jean-Claude's, the Steven Seagal's, the Karate Kids, all that stuff. But eventually those started to lose flavor in the United States. Meanwhile, you Jackie Chan started to really explode. People like Martin Scorsese, um, all these big West, Western directors and stuff were like, dude, you have to see this guy. He's like the new... G Charlie Chaplin, he's amazing. Um, so that's when some eyes started going back to, to China to, to like, hey, what's happening over here? And then you started to see that wave where, you know, they didn't make as, they weren't making as much money, but they were 10 times better made. They were more entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, Jackie Chan, who had, um, who's an interesting dude. I don't know if you know this, but Jackie Chan was such a huge sex symbol in Asia, not just in China, but all throughout Asia. They had to hide the fact that he was dating people and then one uh, like tabloid in Asia took posted like published the story of him with his girlfriend that he was dating at the time, who was like some opera singer. Girls committed suicide, like literally, girls jumped off the top of buildings. Jeez, some Harry Carey shit going Dude, on. Dude, yeah, there. like he was that like like he was he like was that over. Yeah, he was that over. So, but the, but the guy. Jeez. Yeah, so and that's why I don't like, even know what to say. Just all I can picture is with Chris Tucker. I know, and I mean, but that's the thing is like, you better never star in another action cop comedy because Chris Tucker may just like throw himself <laughs> off the bridge, too. But that's one of my favorite that side quest. That's one of my favorite parts of Rush Hour the, the outtakes oh. when the guy falls, the guy falls off the building. He's like, he's not going to be in Rush Hour 3. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> well, that's the one thing oh, yeah. is so such a good movie. That's one of the things. So, um, this is going to turn into a tiny like. So Jackie Chan was famous because of his insane stunts. Uh -huh. um, what the film industry did was they're like, hey, like, at the credits, he's doing all this crazy shit, really getting hurt. 
let's put let's show this footage in the credits. So a lot of like the like Armored God, all these like really crazy Jackie Chan, yeah. Jackie Chan movies. Once the credits starts rolling, you see him literally crack his head open, trying to like leap to a tree, and he really falls. And then you see the ambulance, and he's like, but it got to the point where Hong Kong he couldn't get insurance. They wouldn't insure him because they're like, this guy's going to die. What are you doing? Quit showing our credits. I know. Exactly. <laughs> ah, cut out the NC. Exactly. <laughs> How about we put it halfway through the credits exactly. and then at the very end so people leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So, but it became it became almost like a trademark. Like, even his Western films, they started to have to, like, have something, you know. The first Jackie Chan movie was Rumble in the Bronx. And uh, even the credits, I think. He, I mean, in the credits, I think he actually broke his foot in the in the film. So yeah. So I mean, you mean the, the you, 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 you mean his first like, movie, like first American? The, no, no, the, that's the first, the first movie saw, I saw. See, yeah, yeah, that's the first movie I saw with Jackie Chan too. And then yeah. that opened up a whole world of like Jackie yeah. Chan movies. So I went and like got the Drunken Master, right? And, yeah, Drunken Master two. The first Drunken Master is good. The second Drunken Master is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. I could literally talk about that movie. So you've seen, you guys have all seen yeah. it. So you know who you know that the whole hit end fight that handsome. Chinese guy who's working for the rich people who's like does all that crazy footwork. Yeah. That basically the guy he fights at the end. You know mm-hmm. who that is? Yeah. That was Jackie Chan's real life bodyguard. Really? Oh wow. Yeah. That super handsome Jackie Chan, I guess, was like, dude, you're super good looking and uh you can really do martial like why are you not in movies? Yeah. But um joke. but like then you had Jet Li who was like you know, and then from then you had you know, Chow Yun Fat, and then you had all that whole era of, of Hong Kong films, which was more American influenced. Mm-hmm. So then, so then, in another side quest. Mm-hmm. So things like Ong Bak. Yes. So you consider just martial arts movies. That's a martial arts yeah. film because yep. it's specifically dealing with Thai boxing. Thai, Thai yeah. yeah, Muay Thai. Which right. again was a very, it was a reaction to be like, hey, like, mm-hmm. like. And then same thing yeah. with. Uh, yeah. Beverly Hills Ninja. Where does that fall? Uh, I think in the name uh, itself. Uh, 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 the name. Is... <laughs> I saw that in the theater. And I was a King and a... <laughs> I was a huge Christopher Farley fan, uh, and then I saw Fairy Hills Ninja and the Cop, and I was like, uh, I was like, oh man, this gives fat white guys everywhere a bad name. I know exactly. <laughs> fat white guys doing martial. We're arts. We're not doing martial arts over here, people. That's just Chris Farley. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, I, there used there was this company, and I, they may even still be around, but they were called Tyson, and they basically. They did all the distribute American distribution for kung fu films, and not just kung fu films. They one of the things that was really cool at the time was like there's like whole genres. There's like wuxia, which is the flying swordsman genre, which is like kind of like fantasy films, and there's still kung fu. Mm-hmm. Like if you've seen the the most well known one, which is actually an homage, is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. That's considered a wuxia film because it's inspired by all these films. Mm-hmm. But they had like those like the flying swordsman sto- stories, which mm-hmm. were more fantastical, and like right. then you had. Um, the uh, the Chinese horror boom with like stories like uh, the Bride with White Hair, which is one of my favorite movies ever made. Um, then you had shit like Zoo Warriors and Mystic Mountain, which is fucking bananas. It's like, um, but so even within kung fu movies, you have all these weird little offshoots. But uh, you know. big, big trouble. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious here. Like big trouble in Little China, like action or martial arts movie. Would you say like, there's a lot of martial arts in that? Movie. It's a so it's definitely an homage to martial fu. M- martial arts <laughs> movies. But I mean, it's like its own thing. I mean, it's, okay. but I mean, it's got some cool kung fu. I mean, it doesn't. What, what, one thing that you, if you really start getting into uh, specifically Hong Kong produced action films, is they perfected on how to film an action sequence. It's, it's all mid shots. You let you give the screen enough room, so let the actors do what they do. First off, it's obviously more. It's it's far better choreographed, but like. Like in America, there's like a lot of fast paced edits or trick shots where you pull away. Like, no, 
Hong Kong films let the action take place. You see all the parries and all the strikes. Um, you you actually see it on screen, mm-hmm. um, which they American audiences still can't. Fuck, American filmmakers still can't do. Like they're afraid to let. I don't know, but it's also the 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 stunt men. Right. Let people kick each other's asses, folks. No, come on, man. All right, R- roundhouses are okay. Yeah, dude. Um, I just love I, I love uh, kung fu and martial art movies. They're just fun, yeah. in my opinion. Like, there's really I think some of them have really great stories in them too. Um, Thirteen Chambers, but, straight yeah. up. But you know, yeah. sometimes they're just all about like kicking ass and taking names, like saying Street Fighter. That's Sonny Chiba. He he just kills everybody. Like, yeah. it doesn't even matter. Even when he, uh, you know, is. Fighting at the he ends up like killing the love of his life in like the second one, um, but he kills everybody on a boat on the land. He's like green eggs and ham with murder. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Sonny Chiba, Sonny Chiba was a Japanese guy, um, and there was a lot of like like reaction to karate films because um, karate is shit on in the martial arts community right. for being too like passive. Just sort of being it's, too it's, like it's pageant more pageantry. Than yeah, and it's like not very real. Like it's too rigid. Where once tell that to the balls of the guy punching it when I was seven. Exactly, class. Well, no that's rigidness there. See, once Bruce Lee came out with Jeet Kune Do, and he made it all about being more like cutting out the silly. Like pageantry is a good word. Yeah, cutting out a lot of the silliness and getting more like using the best parts. But karate was seen as very as like katas and shit that like you're not going to use in an actual fight. But Saint Chiba was a super proud. Uh, Japanese film star was like fuck them to show you how, how brutal this shit can be yeah. Yeah. that's why his his Chiba was known for being very like his shit's very ugly it's like he looks like he's like unchoreographed street yeah fights. just fucking dudes up like where it's not as like you know it's not as like uh, as precise as like yeah. kung fu films or whatever but that's why Chiba be, and he, again Chiba had fucking charisma he, he has a Japanese uh, uh, Charles Bronson just this dude that like he just had carried that like presence sure um if you one thing is like as you said, like one thing that I think kung fu films uh, don't get enough credit for is the fact that they do have great stories. Like um, when Jet Li did uh, Fist of Legend, which is basically kind of a remake of Fist of Fury, mm-hmm. uh, it's basing it off the same historical characters and the occupate uh, about how Japan was occupying uh, China at the time and basically like treating them like shit. You had this kid guy, this famous martial artist who stood up against the Japanese. So using that, but Fist of Light, which is one of the the last the boss fight, as they call it, in that is one of the most in one of the best action films you will ever see in your life. But you had that. Um, my probably my favorite all time kung fu film, hands down, is this movie called The Prodigal Son, starring Yoon Biao, who um, Yoon Biao was one of the three brothers. You had Sammo Hung. Jackie Chan, and then Yoon Biao. Sam Hong and Jackie Chan became celebrities, huge, because they had, like, Sam Hong was the fat guy, Jackie Chan was the funny guy. Yoon Biao was just awesome. Like, he was yeah. just an amazing uh, gymnast and martial artist. They all did this thing called uh, uh, Peking Opera, which I don't know if you know it, but it's like this performing style in Hong Kong, which infuses music and dancing uh, and martial arts and performance mm. and gymnast they have it like their gymnast shit is crazy but Yoon Biao was like incredible but he didn't have as so much he was a smaller guy he was just very like um, he just didn't have the same sort of like presence not even presence like um, I almost said that but it's more like he didn't have the same sort of gimmick because mm-hmm. Sam Hong was a fat guy who was an amazing martial artist Jackie Chan was a funny guy he was just like the serious brother but he starts in this movie called Prodigal Son which is basic story is like 
he's like this rich kid who thinks he's the baddest martial artist in the land, but because his father uh, is paying everybody in town to throw fights for him. Oh my god! And then he finds it out, and he gets super pissed, and he like he's all humiliated, and he goes off. And um, meanwhile, there's this rich baron guy who's like just fucking ever like he's just killing people, and he's just a tyrant, and he's anyway. So, but you know. Um, Yun Biao's character goes and learns kung fu, real kung fu, and it's all of the most famous like sequences, like in Kickboxer, uh, all of the like you know master teaching. I really think kind of boils down to this film, like where they perfected like the brutal kind of like almost sarcastic like martial arts teacher. But the last fight sequence in this film, it's so it's it has to be seen to be believed. First off, like, these dudes are really hurting themselves. Like, they're getting real welts. I mean, there's one that's definitely not real, but it's, like, at one point he, like, he punches the guy, the villain in the head, and he gets this big egg on his head, and he just keeps, like, targeting it, and it getting it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it kind of explodes. But at one point, this Yun Biao gets knocked down these stairs, these, like, the stone stairs, like, this ancient like structure like they're fighting on top of but all this like like you know it looks like handmade rock mm-hmm. but he falls down like he like he like falls hits his neck and then falls off it and it's all done in slow-mo and it's it's real like you see him do it and you're like how did that dude not die like but it's just brutal but it's like really funny the action is incredible but it's like also really brutal it's a perfect mixture of uh what I want in a kung fu movie, and it's not super beloved. It's not as beloved as like Dragons Forever or some other kung fu films. But which Dragons Forever is also fit. I think that the kind of takeaway from a lot of the kung fu movies is these guys are tough motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I know Jackie Chan's broken like numerous numerous bones. Yeah. Like he's he, he's got to be hurting. Yeah. At some point. So he will um, say he will say he's gone on on, on videos and he always he always say like. Yeah, I was like legitimately hurt, but if you if you're hurt and you can go get checked out, you don't get paid. So I had to like fight through it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's just crazy. But yeah, I mean that's the way these movies were. Is like they they were real. Yeah. Like people really got hurt. Yeah. I think it's like the and I think that's why I feel like they should have a fonder appreciation in within like cinema history. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. They do because nowadays everything's like CGI. You have stunt doubles. Like nobody people get hurt on accident. But like these guys were just kicking each other's ass day in and day out for mm-hmm. the shoots and like. Probably for not a ton of money either. Um, oh, yeah. Still put on like amazing movies that they're just kung fu is its whole very special like genre and mar- even martial art movies yeah. as well. Like kind of left it in there. And they're... Thank you, Keanu. Yeah, because he's like probably one of the like the the one of the people that actually goes through the full stuff. I mean, other than Tom Cruise, but Tom Cruise that dude freaking karate or kung yeah, he's, he's got the witchcraft of Scientology. <laughs> Zanu is uh, giving all. all his... <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, if the ghost of L. Ron Hubbard is within those, his body. Those poor stuntmen in, in China. Look, just watch uh, Drug Master 2. Yeah. These dudes are fall, like, you see them fall out of windows. Their back hits some, like, wooden post. They flip and fall on the ground. There's no, there's, there's, there's no, no airbags. Yeah. These no. poor dudes are just getting, yeah. and it, again, there, it's a, at the time, it, there was, like, it was a poor country. People wanted to break into f- film. They wanted to be stars. So all these guys were like, well, I'll do this in the hopes that I'll become the next right. Jackie Chan because Jackie Chan was taking kicks and, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, like, I'm going to take a kick to the face and then he falls out the window and they yeah. die. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Like, but dude, yeah, it's, it's mad. Yeah. But then you get, through all the vet, then you do get 
um, all of the blood, like you get blood sport and all these films, which I love all that stuff. I love the OS. I love all the, the even going into like the Billy Blank stuff and like the that, that it, stuff was fun. Yeah, it's, it's just fun. fun. It, it's always fun, and I think like the to the to your point, like. But the groundwork was laid yeah. with a lot of people getting hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Like in these but, originals, like to bring that, and I think that's where like Rumble in the Bronx and stuff comes in. It's like bringing notoriety uh, that to the American culture, which before that, like, was like Kung Fu what? You know? Yeah. So I literally just cringed at the thought of Jackie Chan pulling off that car antenna and smacking that guy's, I, I, I smacking his bare ass. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, in the theater, like, I cringed. I was like an eight-year-old boy. I was like, oh! <laughs> I was like the ladder scene, like, where he's just even, like, yes. oh, yeah. the ladder. I'm like, how did, how did nobody, how did he not break his own neck doing that? Like, I could barely do you see, Do you see the outtakes on that one? Yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. is like, that ladder sequence is crazy. But there's one thing he did, um, and the, I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, Oh shit! I'm trying to remember the name, but anyways, there's a sequence in one of his films where he jumps sideways into an open car window that's like literally like this big, yeah. And he literally jumps, twists sideways, and goes into the little window slot. And they sh- they show it, and they sh- it's so incredible. And they do this multiple in, in Jackie Chan films with a few sequences, but they show you that same sequence from three different angles, and they keep replaying it because even the filmmakers are like. Look at this shit. How oh, does anybody amazing. do this? Yeah. And it's real. There's no trick photography. Yeah. He, he got, like jumped, he moved his body in midair, and slid right into an open slot. I wonder how many times that guy failed to do that, though, and yeah. how much that hurt. I know. Like, when he did. I know. But shit, he even jumped from an apartment to apartment complex. That's when that yeah. was also 100%. He did it one take. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's when you got to get right, though. I mean, like, if yeah. you don't get that right, you're screwed. And like, he almost didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. That's anyway. the one thing, though. That's why people... Uh, I feel like there was a time when Jackie Chan was really like, because he's even made films post his American. Yeah, he did a great. I mean, he did. He just recently did a movie not a couple of years ago called The Foreigner. Yeah, which I thought was yeah. did a fantastic. Job. It was like he's a actually, spy movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like yeah, about a uh, political, um, like SB, embassy, yeah. embassy type thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I still he's still got it. Like, but like, he's a great guy. you know, he became a joke because he was like. You know, to Western audiences, he's the broken English, you know, Chris Tucker guy who's yeah. like, but that motherfucker, dude, like, he's a warrior. And he's also, he was one of the smartest filmmakers ever because he was like, he knew what it was going to take for him to stand out. Mm-hmm. So he first off, he was smart enough to do that. Like, okay, I'm just going off on a, There's a movie, like, there's this, okay, um, there's a few movies. There's one, um, Meals on Wheels, and another movie, which some of the, some of these Hong Kong films titles are crazy. <laughs> but there's Meals on Wheels, and then there's uh, Dragons Forever, mm-hmm. where Jackie Chan in both those movies, Jackie Chan fights real life martial arts, uh, former like kickboxing champion Benny the Jet. You, 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 I can't ever say his last name. Benny the Jet. Um, Not the Sandlot guy. No, no. <laughs> but um, you're killing me, Smalls. So first of all, there's a there's a mythology to it that uh, they. On both films, they got really competitive, and they were, like, really going for it. And, like, you can see, like, bruises sort of pop up. And uh, But, again, uh, Dragon's Forever, which features all three of the the, the, the three brothers, um, fucking great movie. But one thing that Jackie Chan did that nobody had ever done in any action film was show human frailty because you see him having this bitch and fight and he's like punching him in the head and like and then he steps back and he's like 
He, like, he shakes his fist or he, he like, does holds that. his ribs. He does that like a, a lot. Yeah. yeah. And nobody yeah. had ever done that before. And to audiences, that was such a huge thing. Because like before you just Superman fighting through it, you've seen this guy really hurt or whatever. First off, he seems more human. And two, and sometimes it's actually does it for comedic effect. Yeah. But it shows like he's human being. He's still kicking at it. Like, it shows so genius. And he thought of that. He was the first person in the history of cinema to ever it's do like, that. It's like you fight and then one one person dies. Yeah. That's the, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah. But Head off. And one other thing I will say about Jackie Chan is I feel like overall, from what I've, I've read about him, he's a pretty stand-up guy. Yeah. And uh, I know recently, like... Just money laundering? Yeah, well, that's a whole... Well, (laughs) Well, that's the other thing I didn't... I mean, the film industry in Hong Kong was all because of the mob. Right. I mean, that's part of the reason why he came to America, right? Like, to do do that is because, like, he had to get away from the triads, which are the film industry. And, like, he got done... Personally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he got done for But... What I was referring, referring to is a couple of years ago, he there was like some controversy with him because he had a, a legitimate child, um, you know, like outside of his marriage. Um, and he was like, you know, for a lot of this time, this happens in Hollywood and people like, you know, they, they try to do like the political coverage. But like, he basically said like, yeah, this happened and it was a mistake. And like, you know, I apologize to bring shame to my family. But like, absolutely made sure like his, his child was taken care of, like the rest of his kids. And, yeah. Like his, his wife, uh, they stay together and the whole nine nerds. But I mean, like, Jackie Chan's a stand up guy. Like, you're going to leave Jackie Chan? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing is like, he, uh, he apparently, like, he, it's not public knowledge. Like, he keeps his wealth kind of like, which in China, it's way more uncouth than it is here to yeah. find your wealth. But, uh, Apparently, people who've gone to Jackie Chan's home are, are like, "What the fuck?" Well, I mean, he's like an emperor. Money. Yeah, I mean, he, he made a lot of money and in, in probably all the residuals too from the. Yeah, and he was a director, producer. Yeah, like he yeah. he made his own film. He didn't just yeah. star him. But again, he was the number one box office draw in the world, like outselling Stallone. Because you know, like they yeah they do really good in uh, uh, in you know the North America. They do good in South America and Europe. But everyone always goes back. But to forget how numbers. Yeah, you forget yeah. how many people there are in Asia. Yeah. But anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, no, it just went from Kung Fu to Jackie Chan, and I like that. Well, I mean, you know, it's if you're going to talk well, about... He's Kung a pioneer. Fu- I mean, yeah. I, my opinion, he's a pioneer. I mean, I know a lot of Bruce Lee gets a lot it's, of... It's, I mean, like, it's yeah. neck and neck. The thing I, is, like, Bruce Lee, as, as great as Bruce Lee was, Bruce Lee had a very short film career. Exactly. And, um... Which we didn't even talk about all the Bruce Lee knockoff... Like, literally, like... Bruce Lee, L.I., Bruce Lee with three. Like, there's a whole wave of, like... We should do another Kung Fu one. Yeah, we de- I have... Obviously, you, yeah, you well, can tell I can... I, yeah, because I would like yeah. to talk about, like, eventually, maybe in a few podcasts, I'd like to talk about modern, like, Kung yeah. Fu movies, because I feel like that's, to your point, like, people have really not had a great track record recreating a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think there are some still good ones that pay homage well, to, like, the for sure. Yeah, and you have, like... Um, Scott Atkins, who is basically the new Jackie or the new John Clef and Dan, who right. I think is, does some incredible work. We should talk about. I don't know if you, you guys are any, any uh, either of you, any of you. There's two of you here. Uh, are no the? Do you know that film Undisputed? Yes. So have you seen the the sequels to those movies? No. Undisputed two, Undisputed three, and to a lesser extent Boyka, which is basically Undisputed four. I think are the two of the best. Isn't Kimbo on one of them? Uh, Kimbo Slice. I think he's actually in Boyka in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, the he's prisoner. in the movie. He's in this movie Bones that I do love with Michael Jai White, who's also in Undisputed too. Oh, gotcha. Um, I, Michael Jai White, 
Uh, it's also awesome. With a uh, Snoop? No, no, not uh, that Bones. Or no, it's uh, Bone, Blood and Bones. Or okay, but it's a it, Michael J. White's like uh, Kung Fu film. I forget our boy DMX and Friends of the Grave. <laughs> <laughs> no. just, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, because I, I actually uh, Jetly Fearless was amazing. Fearless is fantastic. Oh my god, that story. Yeah, you want to um, talk about like actual storylines? My favorite Jetly movie actually is a. Uh, Said I do like him in Lethal Weapon Four, but I actually like him in Unleashed. Unleashed is a good movie. Yeah. Even though I, uh, what's his name, uh, John Renault, uh, he's hit or miss for me. But um, Bob Hoskins. What's up? Bob Hoskins was in that, right? I think so. Yeah, he yeah. plays like the gangster. Yeah, but yeah, Jean, all those French. Hey, Morgan Freeman. If you want a good Morgan Freeman movie, like that was, uh, you know, dude. Um, Hero. Too. Have you seen oh, Hero Jet Li? Yeah. Epic. Yeah. Damn, dude. I'd say we could talk God, about. God, we didn't. Uh, are we going to start a kung fu podcast? <laughs> Iron Monkey, That's the it. Iron Monkey series. Oh, yeah. um, all of the uh, uh, Ip Man series, which Ip Man, yeah. even like I'm a huge minus the Mike Tyson one. Well, I've only seen good. the first two. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the original language doesn't matter. And it, and yet again, like. And it goes back to, like, no Ip Man. Is there really... I mean, there might not even be a Bruce Lee. That's right. No, there wouldn't. There literally wouldn't be, but... That's true. There's so many variations of, like, of, of this genre. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't pave the way. We can probably get into it all day. Well, yeah, that's why... One of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was because, like, there's so many corners of, like, action films It's like a big old web. That yeah. have some great movies in it. Yeah. Like, that's the great thing about movies, guys. I would like to... Uh, was the topic for next week? Sure. Let's do it. Sci-fi action movies. Sci-fi action or sure. future, future action. Or are we gonna actually talk about two specific movies next sure. time? Sure. And, but we'll both we'll choose we'll two choose, in, in yeah. the sci-fi action. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, guys, uh, you know it's been it's been a pleasure. I'm sure we'll be talking very soon. I have, uh, I have, I have, I have a hunch. Speech. I feel like we were just here just yesterday. And mm-hmm. I realized yeah. it was just a few days ago. But yeah. Still... And I have a hunch we're going to can, can yes. keep the conversation, keep the conversation going. going. It might. You can't just brief, end this brilliance. Brief commercial interruption. Yeah. Well, that being said, guys, thank you again for listening to Going Commando. And thank you, Keanu. That's right. thank See you on next time. This one's for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This and, one's for you, and, Keanu. And, and, and your, your beautiful girlfriend. And yeah, your beautiful exactly. girlfriend, awareness and your to... your beautiful plot to merge Matrix Four and John Wick yeah, together. We have to end this. We have to end this podcast on this on a well known quote, though. Do it. I know kung fu. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Bye, guys. You're welcome.